This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Stanley Cup Finals Edition. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. A bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Yeah, you want some? No. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Hey, Lace them up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. Hour two of the skate, and we bring a special guest on right now. ESPN's Greg Wyshynski joins us to talk Bruins and Blues. He's only had 11 days to write about it, as the rest of the country has. Hello, Greg. How are you this morning? Doing well. I'm in some kind of an Australian-themed coffee shop here in Boston, having gotten in on the red eye. All right. So I'm getting punchy right now. Oh, it's good. Beautiful. Storyline you're tired of, storyline you like about this series. <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm already tired of the David Packer storyline, yeah. but uh, I know we're only tip of the iceberg there. Um it is kind of fun that like he's got so many close friends on the Blues still. Uh but I feel like that one's going to be uh, overplayed, but uh I still I don't think we've even gotten close yet to uh to peak Tuka versus Bennington. Um, which I think is just a real fun goalie matchup. I mean, Tuca's numbers are obviously you know, eclipsed Bennington's in the postseason, but having watched Jordan a bit, um, he does the things that you need to get out of your goalie to win in the playoffs. And whether it's, you know, uh, shutting down teams after a loss or, you know, coming up big in the third period where I think the Blues are the most efficient defensive team in the third in the playoffs, uh, it's, that's a real fun goalie matchup in this series. Greg, do you think that the uh, the Blues have an advantage anywhere over the Bruins in the series? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, a propagation of 1980s disco hits, I think, <laughs> is one advantage. Um, no, I think, actually, I thought that they might have an advantage at the, at the forward position. Uh, if you had asked me about a, a week and a half ago. Um, but I think the Bruins... Bottom six has has really come into form in these playoffs in a way that I didn't expect, and maybe not even in in a way that they were in the first round against Toronto, where I thought Toronto had the advantage of forward. That's probably the place that's as close to a push as you can find in the series. I think the Bruins have the advantage in goal and on D, Um, but uh, the Blues forward group is interesting. They they, their bottom six, their fourth line with Oscar Sundquist is arguably their best line in the series against the Sharks. And then in the previous series against Dallas, their line with Pat Maroon, Tyler Bozak, and, and Robert Thomas, their young uh, rookie, uh, was probably their best line. So they've gotten some really good play out of their bottom six. Um, but I think it's, it's probably a little bit more even than the Blues having an advantage there. We've had uh, s- several uh, Marchand moments throughout the postseason so far, uh, Greg. You wrote about you ranked all of Brad <laughs> Marchand's, well, not all of them, but his top 25 heel moments in a recent post at ESPN. And a couple of the, uh, from this playoffs are here, uh, you know, with the uh, Kyle Bukowskis interview and uh, trolling Justin Williams there in, in the last series. Do you expect more of that from Marchand here in the finals? Uh, what, do you, what, what kind of Brad Marchand do you expect here? First off, it was, it was fun to do that story because we actually ran it last year as a top 20. And then in the last year, he's added five to the list. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we were able to make it a top 25. Who's to say what it'll be next year? But... Um, look, I, there's two ways to look at it. First off is that there's always the potential that he's going to you know, do something nefarious to try to get under the skin of a, of a St. Louis Blues player. 
But the other way to look at it is that every time he's done something nefarious in these playoffs, it's it's not even resulted in a penalty, <laughs> let alone uh, a suspension or anything like that. So I imagine he's going to push the envelope. I think it's it's the way he plays. I think there are definitely some guys in the Blues that you might be able to get out of their skin if you if you play them the right way. Um, but uh, as far as any supplemental discipline or anything like that, I think it's a it's 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 yet to yet to happen. So I don't expect it to happen in the, in the final. Do you sense any interest from this series across the country, or are people bored by it? We're trying, we're trying to think of a better cup final, and Pete's uh, assertion is that the West was just down this year anyway, and, and nothing would have been much better. This is probably as good as you could have gotten. Uh, what do you think of Bruins-Blues overall? Oh, I think Sharks-Bruins would have moved the needle more. I mean, not only for the Thornton thing, but just because the Sharks are a, a more divisive team. You have team, you know, fan bases that really hate the Sharks, and you also have fan bases that really want them to kind of have their Capitals moment and break through, which is weird because the Blues, I wrote about this last week, the Blues are kind of like the NHL's wallpaper, right? Like They're, they're always there but never never commented on. Mm-hmm. You know, they have this incredible cup drought. Uh, they haven't made the final since 1970, but there isn't this sort of groundswell of, oh, will they get their cup that you'd get if, you know, the Flyers or the Leafs or, or any of the other teams that have a long cup drought got into the, uh, the, the final. So, um, is there interest? I think there definitely is because this playoff has been so bizarre. Um, even with there being more glamour franchises in the draft lottery than there have been in the playoffs, the, the numbers have been pretty good. The interest has been pretty good. So I imagine that it'll carry over to the cup final. And a big part of it, right, Greg, was the offseason that uh, Armstrong had to, to assemble this group for a while. It looked terrible, but now they've taken off. Last summer, did you think the O'Reilly trade or the signings of Bozak and Perron were good decisions? Uh, or bad decisions. Oh, yeah. You did? I thought they were great. I wrote a story last summer called Why Doug Armstrong Won the Summer, and I looked like a complete idiot until around January. Um, so I'm happy they turned things around. But, uh, no, I thought I thought uh, they made four, four, basically, four additions last summer. One of them was a disaster. Chad Johnson, uh, you know, coming on as the backup goalie did not work at all. But the O'Reilly trade was great, and it looks like they might win that in a big way. Um, bringing back uh, David Perron for like the hundredth time was great. He's been solid for them. And then the Pat Maroon acquisition where, you know, he decided to take less money to go back to St. Louis and, and be with you closer to his son, uh, worked out pretty well. And, and obviously he made an impact in the playoffs. So the, the additions they made were huge, but, but obviously the thing that shifted the paradigm for them was finally having someone usurp the civvy, civ-like <laughs> Jake Allen in goal and uh, and having Bennington just be unflappable. It, 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 he wasn't only fantastic in the regular season. He gave them uh, a backbone uh, that they didn't have previously. Yeah, you mentioned the roster makeup and and uh, and Bennington. So how much how much credit are you giving Craig Berube for the for the turnaround? Because we've discussed it on the show, and I'm not totally sold on on you know him being a great coach or being or you know claiming that he's a great coach at this point in time. How much credit are you giving to him for the turnaround in the second half? I give him a bunch of credit, and not because he's he's a great coach. I think he's the right coach for this team. I think what he did was simplify things. Um, he got them to play really well in the forecheck, which is sort of the lifeblood for everything they do. He also got them to be more responsible defensively because Allen, you know, even though I think he's not a good goalie, was also being left out to dry and a lot of odd man rushes the other way. But I think there's a common thread in, in, in these playoffs between guys like Berube and guys like Rod Brindamore who are just guys. Like, they're just able to kind of communicate better with the players. There's no mind games. There's no, you know, Mike Babcock super genius stuff going on. 
they're just ex-jocks uh, who, you know, work out with the guys and, and know how to talk to them like men and for whatever reason are able to unlock performances in these players that other guys aren't able to. So uh, he's definitely had an impact on that team for sure. ESPN's Greg Wyshynski, our guest. All right, Greg, we need your prediction and your Con Smythe prediction too. How are you sensing the series going? I'm taking Blues in six. Whoa. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm surprised that there's such a huge disparity in, like, the Vegas odds and stuff. I think this is a really closer series than people give it credit for. And one of the reasons why is because they're so good on the road. Um, you know, they, they obviously don't have home ice in the series. They've won two of their three series without home ice. Uh, their numbers on the road are incredible. Bennington's numbers on the road are incredible. Um, so I give, I give them a, a real shot at winning this. I think if they do win it, they'll probably be on home ice. And, uh, you know, Con Smythe is always a dicey thing. I mean, Jaden Schwartz, I think right now, probably is their leading the candidate because of how many goals he scored. But I think at the end of the day, if they win the series and, uh, it, it, you know, my, my, my brothers and sisters in the Professional Hockey Writers Association will probably have to give it to the rookie goalie that leads his team to the Stanley Cup. So that's kind of what you, you see, St. Louis shutting down uh, Boston's top guns. Um, I mean, shutting down, it's kind of, I mean, I, I don't think it's about shutting them down. I think it's, it's, it's finding that extra goal against Tuca that maybe other teams couldn't. I, I think the way the Blues play offensively is, is a, a little bit more scoring from the dirty areas, grinding around the net kind of stuff than maybe some of these other teams that we've seen the Bruins play. Um, so I, I think it's less about what they do defensively than it is about if they can generate a little bit more offense against Rask than other teams have been able to. Hey, Greg, thanks for spending a couple minutes. Welcome to Boston. Enjoy the week. We will talk soon, I hope. I don't know. I answered that prediction. I, mean, I know. Yeah, you're out. A bridge or something. Yeah, you're out. The reality is you're out. <laughs> I'll see you, man. Thanks. Greg Wachinski from ESPN. Matt Kalman, very alive during that interview. You've got something against Wachinski or what? You're just, just sitting back and observing? Didn't want to take part? Uh, right. Jeez, right. wow. Rest in my voice. Holy cow. You should, you should have, you should have roached, uh, uh, brought these to the table complaints beforehand. What Pete, complaints? Pete's a good friend. I didn't have any complaints. I'm just saying I didn't have anything to ask him. Oh, okay. He's uh, from New Jersey. You can ask Fred New Hampshire some questions when we bring Fred on. That'll be coming Absolutely. up in a second. But I, before we get to Fred, people. though, Fred's got the, uh, obviously the quintessential prediction. We got one from our guy from uh, WEI, uh, Scott McLaughlin, who's been on fire in this. Uh, what I Scott get, have? Well, I want to give Pete, Pete credit first because before Blues, Sharks, either before they started or San Jose was up one nothing, and you said you like St. Louis to still to win the series. So I give Pete credit for that. I don't know if you were on St. Louis at all. Matched I played. I played. The uh, I played the series odds. I waited for. I yeah. thought that St. Louis was going to win uh, the series. I thought they were going to lose the first game. I, you know, after game one, I played with series odds for St. Louis. Well, you remember that first game? Timo Meyer had that unbelievable goal. He stole the puck from Pareko, came in right. and did the old. Uh, uh, breakaway uh, reach Forsberg. back, yeah, the Forsberg move, unbelievable. And then they lost the hand pass game, and I'm thinking that's it. There's just this is going to be the, this the the postseason theme of officials screwing somebody, uh, but they came back to win it. Yeah, I mean, here they, they are. It might have still probably gone the Sharks' way if they didn't lose three of their best players. But so, our so. Scotty McLaughlin, who writes with you at EEI.com, said sweep Bruins in four. He's having a tough wow. time even convincing himself for a fifth game. So now we have Wyshynski who says Blues in six, uh, and he's given a reason of just. You know, he thinks uh, eventually Bennington's going to be the uh, Conn Smythe winner. If, uh, I guess it is Schwartz-Bennington, and if the Bruins would win, it's going to be Rask or Marchand, right? Right. And Marchand's going to be a tough sell for a lot of writers <laughs> <laughs> who just don't like him, as highlighted by that. I mean, is, could Bergeron even get back into the equation? No, I mean, I think that if, if the Bruins win the series, Tuga's going to have to play well. 
And if he plays well, he's so far ahead of anybody else at this point that it's pretty much his to, his to win. Tarasenko, I guess, could have a huge round, and maybe Ryan O'Reilly too if he shuts down Bergeron in that line and has a a terrific edge. They're, but they're, those, they're not usually that subtle. Any of those things happen, they're just going to give it to the goalie. Yeah, and Schwartz, by the way, has had four goals in each round of the postseason so far. He's got two hat tricks. So he's been very consistent. So it's possible if he has, right? You know, Jaden Schwartz could be the, the uh, playoff MVP. But it doesn't always go to the guy like that. I mean, because Netsov probably should deserved it last year, I thought, and Ovechkin got they it. Gave it to Ovechkin, yeah, so. and Crosby the two years uh, before that. I right. Think. Well, they always give it to Crosby. They, they, also, they also want to give him the Selkie. They want to give Crosby the heart, the Selkie. How many? <laughs> just because he hasn't won them, he just, they just they, the writers just need to hey, complete its collection. I, I think that, that Crosby should have been up for the Selkie nomination this year. Played really, really well defensively. Did Tim Thomas, was it, it was not even a, a doubt, right, back in 2011? I wasn't anywhere near that decision-making process. You but were I, not? I, no. The guy at the snack bar was? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh-huh. Shut out again. Um, all right, now before we get to Fred's picks, we want Dale Arnold's keys to this Stanley Cup. These three keys he threw out are unbelievable. He put these out uh, early. Was this Friday or Thursday's show, John? Uh, I believe it would have been yesterday's show. Okay, I so think this, this is, is why they show. Or sorry, Friday's, yeah. I think this is why that show <laughs> usually leaves the keys to Keefe. Right? They usually leave it well, to him. Well, I, I haven't heard one, these in One time they let yet. Dale do it, and this is what happened. Here are Dale's three keys to the Cup. Here we go. Key number one. Passion. The passion of the Boston sports fan, particularly the Bruins fan. No disrespect meant to the nice folks in St. Louis. Yes. But they are literally the nice folks of St. Louis. Well, they really are. Oh, my God. I have okay, never so key seen, number one is Boston passion I have never over seen St. Louis a, a championship at any sport, at any level, handed out to the one that had the most passionate fans. Oh, my God. And I hope this doesn't trickle down to youth sports. <laughs> I don't want to see you know kids, parents on my kids' hockey team going nuts painting their faces and yelling at the other team because the, the team that's going to win is the one with the more passionate fans. All right, not the best key. I'll, I'll grant you that. And never mind the fact that I was almost, building up to it. Give I would time. almost grant you that the St. Louis fan is more passionate because they, especially with the Blues, they've had more heartbreak over the years, yet they've stuck with it. Key number two from Dale Arnold. The Boston trifecta, which could have been the Boston It should have been. I, I think it's a real deal for these players, the possibility of doing something that, you know, hasn't been done since 1935, I think it was, which is three championships in the same city yeah. in basically the same, you know, calendar season. Here you've got the Red Sox, Patriots, and then theoretically followed by the Bruins. See, City of Champions motivation. Key Doesn't number two. Any sense. Of course. Keeps keys. Yeah, bring back Keeps keys. Exactly. So Boston well, sports we'll, passion we'll, and the drive, the drive that the players are feeling that they have to complete the trip. They would like to do That's it Dale's because they want to win a championship. So it has nothing to yeah, do with I mean, that. I mean, maybe there's oh some motivation God. seeing the success uh, uh, across the across the way right. or whatever. Yeah, Brady but, and Belichick could be banner captains. I tweeted this out earlier. Game in the week. one, game one goes to overtime, and they're going to say, "We got to do this one for Gronk." Gronk yeah. was a banner captain. I mean, this what year. the hell is that even mean? Edelman it doesn't make any sense. Was a banner captain. This is supposed to be your ho- weekday hockey expert. I'm sure I'm- they're not in the locker room being like, "We can't blow the trifecta, guys. Come on." No, okay, but the first there's no doubt that if Thursday night wasn't a sign, then these keys are a sign that the Cowman and Blackburn show is taking over middays pretty soon. Number one key is going to be on fire. I can just predict it. Dale's number one key to the Stanley Cup. Bruce Cassidy has said that the St. Louis Blues are basically the Bruins' twin. Uh, Pete DeBoer, the coach of the San Jose Sharks, says these are the two heaviest teams in the National Hockey League in the Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. Bruins come into this final with 19 different goal scorers in the playoffs this year. The Blues have 18 different goal scorers this year. If I think there's a coaching advantage for the Bruins, and that comes later in the list, I think the fact that, in effect, Bruce Cassidy is preparing to play himself gives them an advantage. It's a mirror match.
First well, of there all, you go. if there was ever a verbal version of the Spider-Man gift, there it was right there. <laughs> Second of all, I'm glad that Dale at least got Deep that thinking. out. Deep thinking. Deep thinking, my Dale. I'm glad Dale didn't. So Cassidy misspeak. knows the team he's coaching he so well because they're his team, you, basically. Bruce Cassidy playing with himself. <laughs> oh, God. Are we allowed to play songs like that from that guy? Oh, my God. I Although, like those keys. Oh, no. Passion, trifecta. You, you, you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean... I sort of get where he's coming from. Wouldn't, but it, I, wouldn't I, it also be an advantage for Baruby if yeah, he's coaching against himself? I mean, it, it, and second he's of all, we've, we've already gone through all the different ways that they're different: the size, this this differential, the speed differential, the different line matchups. We've already gone through these, and then you're going to say they're the same? This well, is like there are look, similarities. You this is like book with Dale. You, you this know is how like Sesame Street 101. Things there are that similarities. are different. Of I course, similarities. there are similarities, but it's not coaching against yourself. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you should have played Billy Idol dancing with myself instead of Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, yeah, which is should be banned from Canceled. these airwaves. Never banned is Fred New Hampshire. Top those three keys to the cup finals, Freddie. Ken, Pete, Matt, morning. 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 Hey, the uh, Boston Globe turned into the hockey news today. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Hey, uh, you buy a newspaper? Why? They get news. You get newspapers still. Wow. We get newspapers in Hampshire. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause I I can't uh, I can't find my way around the computer. Um, <laughs> why, when I have ten days off on a vacation, it feels like ten hours, and these past ten nine days have felt like six months. Yeah. Man, I'm in Jonesing for it. Predictions, okay? Good. Series winner. You know, what I'm gonna say Montreal. No, I mean. The Bruins, but not, but not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough series. The St. Louis team is very good, very good, and they hit like no team that we've played in this um, Stanley Cup. So, um, Conn Smythe, Tuca, Tuca. But he'll have, when he gets it, he'll have to call over Halak, and they both hold. The Ooh, trophy. I like that. I like they that. A tandem hoist to the Calder, Calder, and Marcus and Charlie are going to have a big say in the outcome. And you guys are going to have to make a trip to St. Stephen's, New Brunswick, to say you're sorry, okay? Sorry? <laughs> For predicting Toronto, uh, as those guys did after game six, right, Fred? What's that? No, I mean, sorry for you to pick it on Marcus Johansson from the minute he got here. Oh, oh sorry to Marcus. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, Marcus Johansson got in a car accident when he first got here. Basically. I mean, who has a bruised lung? <laughs> well, I worry about that, really? Freddie. They're going to attack him. They're going to attack Krug. They're going to attack Grizzlick, and they're going to come after Mojo. Jojo, whatever oh, yeah. he's called. They, they will. That's why I say it's going to be a long series. I hope it doesn't go seven because I can't take it. <laughs> but, uh, the last thing, the World Championships of hockey that's on now, are the refs uniforms designed by Dr. Seuss? I mean, <laughs> have you seen them? Man, you're you're, yeah, guys. you're you're desperate for hockey, Freddie. You're walking the, watching the World yeah. Championships. Although you should have on fire. Should have watched the Memorial Cup. That was exciting hockey. It was good. That was yeah. Uh, Jacob Lauko, the future of the Bruins power forward. Man, he's got a nose for the net. Or Stanika. Stanika's a black ace. Oh, with the Bruins, he's still around. How many keep, black keep aces up, are still around? By the way, Krejci not uh, practicing yesterday. Didn't was he not hates, in the script. He hates the practice. Is that what it is? They're calling it a flu or a David Price yes. illness of some so kind? He got a fever, so we'll see. Not worried. If he, now, think, they said if he doesn't he has, show today. I think he has a fever for more cowbell. So there's nothing to worry about there, nothing to oh, see. Oh, there is definitely reason to worry. I mean, if he's really fat, you know, if, the, if it's really a bad flu, you could be out of, you know, not have full energy and not be ready to go 
uh, full strength on Monday. You never know. All right, Sunday skate. We uh, go until 10 a.m. this morning. Be a part of it. 617-779-7937. Get your final thoughts in on Bruins, Blues. Want your predictions, your Conn Smythe uh, thoughts. What do you think about Dale's three keys? What do you think about Wyshynski's Blues in six prediction? Still trying to unwrap that Dale uh, Cassidy coaching against himself key, but <laughs> he's on another Boston level. Sports That's fan. why he's on another level than you are, Calvin. And you're never going to be the hockey writer that... Hockey man, the Dale is. So just come to grips with it, all right? This is Sports Radio WEI. Now back to a Stanley Cup Finals edition of Sunday Skate with Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, and Matt Kalman on Sports Radio WEI. You are, are the epitome of a one-trick pony. That's it. Hey, how about if you go to line two on that notebook of yours? I do. I have We know what two. line one is. The thing is, game three looked really good. He, really, he looked good in game three, so what happened in game four? Traffic cone. Yeah, he's a road cone. No, I know. That looks good. Butcher grass is definitely on your but side. Why was, I will give you that. But, why, but Dale, why did you say nothing to Butcher grass about that when he said that he he looks like a road cone because I've been oh, saying he looked oh, like did, a road what did, cone. What did he say? He said he looked like a road cone. Is he? Is that what he said? That's what it's. Is that what? The, well, yeah. that, I mean, I heard the cut this morning. That's evidently what what Ken Laird wants you to believe. Hmm? I think They're we have accusing a, me of uh, manufacturing the audio. That was the audio. I happened to end it at a, a select time. I'll agree with that. I think we have a text from Dale. It says, "Are you guys idiots?" Dale gave ten reasons why they would. I only heard I mean, three. I only heard John three Anderson, also, the producer, so said he had three. Keys to the Cup Finals. They were saved in the Dale and Keith folder. So yeah, I don't maybe know. maybe well, maybe this case, saved it maybe three are enough for me to disregard the the next seven. <laughs> if there is ten, well, they don't exist, so there's nothing to disregard. Hey, exactly. Pete also wrote about Jim and Pam this week in the office uh, matchup. So it's all even. It's all even between Pete and Dale. You also wrote about David Bakhtiari uh, chugging a beer too. So you're like diverse on there, man. You, oh, yeah. you go all over the place. Six storylines to know heading into the Bruins-Blues series is another Pete Blackburn uh, staple. These are ones you came up with. David Back, of course, we've talked about today. The Selkie finalists going head-to-head. I think this is the key to the series. This is a, a great story. Ryan O'Reilly against Patrice Bergeron. O'Reilly now, who was traded in the offseason, and the Sabres fans must be thinking, what did we do? We tra- Now, first of all, after the, last first year... Of all, the Sabres fans know exactly what they do. It's called the Sabres, but go uh, ahead. After last season, there was a little bit of squawking because O'Reilly ripped... The team, yeah, but he kind of he kind of ripped himself in the whole scheme of it. I mean, the Sabers, he was there for three years. They had a big trade to get him in from Colorado, and they signed him to a pretty big money deal. But Buffalo missed the playoffs for the sixth straight year. Now this is the seventh this season. But he said, "We're not a very good hockey team. We let a lot of things go we normally shouldn't." He called them missing the playoffs pathetic. It's frustrating coming to the rink right now. There's no purpose to it. I'm sick of losing. It gets exhausting, and it's not fun. So they then traded Ryan O'Reilly to St. Louis this past offseason for a couple of players that have really been nobodies, uh, two picks, and they got out from under his contract. They kind of just rebooted. Yeah, I mean, Tage Thompson they think is going to be a future power forward. You know, okay. But other than so, that, but, but they but, overreacted. But it's a bad trade. The Buffalo Sabres overreacted to something and you know, screwed it up. And next thing you know, they're changing coaches for the fifth time in six years and whatever, and they're going nowhere, and they're building a team around a guy who, again, going back to Toronto, now we're talking about Buffalo. You know, Jack Eichel doesn't have much gumption. Well, yeah, I mean, the- they also made that trade, assuming that that Casey Middlestat would be better than he's been, and he they expected him to be the the number two center on that team, and not so much because they had Eichel, O'Reilly, Evander Kane. I mean, they had gotten star no, power. No matter in there what for you do, if, if, even if you're a franchise and you're building your and you're and thinking Eichel and Middlestat are going to carry your middle, you still need that veteran core. Every one of these teams that injects the young players like that and, and expects them to be leaders is gets screwed. You need to have the veteran core to handle much of the you know the, the leadership of the team, and then you lean on these younger guys 
for the skill and for what they produce, but you know, again, they misjudge. They don't have anything close to a, a veteran core that can turn that team around at this point, and I guess that's their job to, to, to do it. But O'Reilly's the type of player you build a team around, regardless of his production. I mean, did he have a great regular season? No, but we know he actually all had the his things best, he does. He had his best regular season ever, 77 points. Well, there you go. I mean, he should mention that he hasn't, been, he hasn't been nearly as good as he was during the regular season during this playoffs. He's had a pretty down playoffs in terms of uh, what we've seen from O'Reilly. Well, point-wise or just production in terms, because I'm assuming he's playing against the other team's top lines, because that's you know what Bergeron does right. here. Has that been the case? And he, I mean, he's got uh, 14 points, 11 assists, three goals. Right. I mean, I mean his his uh, his goal share is only 53%. He's been on the ice for 10, 4, and 9 against at 5-on-5, five five, which is not not great for a guy who is as defensively sound as Ryan O'Reilly usually is. And he, he's also only winning 48% of his face-offs, which is significantly down from, from what we've seen in the regular season. He's usually high, high 50s, so... So because I mean, who does he play against? Do they try to get him out against Bergeron and like uh, the two defensive centers slug it out, or does, does he try to shut down Krejci? Uh, is that line expected to score? David Perron's had a pretty good postseason from his standards. Well, it's gonna, I think. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about the games here in Boston, it's going to be depending on where the faceoffs are and where the. But yeah, obviously, clearly they're going to want to have Ber- you know, O'Reilly's line out there against Bergeron's line if they can get it. Their other center is Tyler Bozak, and he was a defensive-minded guy with Toronto. I guess that's how they're using him, right? That was another off-season acquisition. They signed him to a pretty big deal for a guy who's 33, um, 10 years in the league. We kind of mocked him, I remember, last year in the Toronto series. And that was, I think that was kind of the thought, right, of Tavares. They're, they're upgrading significantly right. from Bozak to Tavares. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, kudos to Wyshynski for seeing this in July that they were going to be this good. But um, I would have laughed him off the off the street if uh, yes, if you told me that too. Perron, Bozak were these great additions. I mean, I early, I wrote, guys I, in the early 30s. I wrote that I loved what they did, too. I mean, yeah. I, I think that the most important thing that you can have uh, if you're going to be a serious playoff contender is a, is a good third line and a good third line center, particularly. So I like the Bozak signing. I mean, they overpaid for him, for sure, and maybe that comes back to bite them a few years down the road, but he's a good third line center. and And also sort of, you know, Defensive-minded, so if that's the way they're going, they've got pretty good down-the-middle responsibility. And the other guy, the fourth-line center, Oscar Sundqvist, has had a great year surging in the playoffs. That line at total with Alex Steen and Ivan Barbashev have scored in five straight games. So they are hot, and they play a lot of minutes against top I just, lines as well. I just noticed something. There was a fourth key. Dale had a fourth key? Do you see the fourth key? Uh, we'll just. I think we'll just read. I, we don't even need the audio for this. I just want to read it, and you can tell me if this is really a key. It says bonus. Brad Marchand's jockstrap. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, what the, the hell see, does that even mean? Dale's sticking with that. He's going back to Ovechkin couldn't hold Brad Marchand's oh, jockstrap. Wow. That's yeah. a reach. Yep. What is Sorry, Ovechkin? Alexander Ovechkin this year can't carry Brad Marchand's well, jock. Now, Dale, this that, year that is extreme. Dale's proven right again. Maybe he couldn't so carry because he, maybe he couldn't carry because he was also holding onto his Stanley Cup ring. He's pre- he predicted the Bruins to get here long before you did. Absolutely. But and, when's the last time he didn't predict the Bruins to win the Cup? Uh, uh, yeah, like Wiggy with the Patriots. Yeah, the predictions are a little slanted. But, um, you know, which brings back up Chara. They've been arguing about Chara so much, he and uh, Wiggy. Uh, and, and his, you, you said to me, uh, there, is some, there is some discussion to be had about the leadership role Chara is or is not playing on this team, right? No. Uh, I mean, clearly, it's about time, you know, he... The the, the 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 audio that's made the rounds this week, finally Zidano took it upon himself to articulate 
what he see what his role as a leader is here, how he see he envisions leadership, and now finally after 15 years, everyone's buying into the fact that this guy is the captain for a reason. I mean, what he said about making sure everyone's on equal footing with the team and making sure everyone is on the same page is exactly what he's been doing behind the scenes all this time. He does, and he doesn't just. And the other part of it is he doesn't have an ego. He's never wanted to be. I'm the captain. I speak for this team. He's always shared it with Patrice Bergeron, even when Patrice Bergeron was in his you know early twenties and maybe wasn't ready for it. David Backus comes in. He defers a lot of the leadership to him, just the way he did to Mark Recchi. That's what a captain does. He delegates. He lets lets the team breathe. Doesn't try to be the one man commanding everything. And there's no doubt he's been the leader here. He'll be the first to tell you that when he's gone, Patrice Bergeron gets the C. But nonetheless, he still gets the C because it all starts with him. But it's certainly not all of him. But you would you would admit? <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> Thank you. This is why I missed the last two weeks. You would admit their leadership core is significant. This this is a significant part of why this, they're here. This right? leadership core, absolutely, I not mean, just Chara, but the whole group, the whole group, and the fact and Chara letting them all right, and and Krejci too. Parts. Let's not forget Krejci. And there's no doubt though that you look at the look at these core. So few teams have it. I mean, I really hope that people appreciate what this team has been able to do to go to the Cup final. You know basically eight or five years apart with the same core, yep. just different players around them. Teams will search for centuries for this type of a core. You look at a team like the Devils, where they, they made that breakthrough last year, they made the playoffs, they, they have almost the same amount of young talent that the Bruins have, and you got an MVP-type player with Taylor Hall, and you've got all these all these things going on, and now the goalie, the goaltending obviously went south there. But nonetheless, the point is, before all that happened, they didn't have this core to build around. The next thing you know, they hit some adversity le- during the season, and look where they, they wound up getting a top three pick in the draft, right? Yeah. So it, it, you see it a lot around the league all the time. Teams have, and in Buffalo, the same thing. You look at Buffalo and you say, where is the core, the real core of that team for leadership to be able to come through adversity, to be able to deal with every situation, to be able to tutor young kids? I don't think Jack Eichel is taking some kid under his wing right now. He maybe hasn't even really had anybody take him under his wing, and that's why that kind of that franchise is kind of rudderless. Which is, you know, to Cam Neely and and Don Sweeney's credit for a lot right. of the Hall of Fame stick. executive Cam Neely, Hall of Fame, as you wrote, yes, at EEI earlier this week. No, but they they chose to keep it together, right? I mean, right. they could have blown it apart. There was a lot of criticism coming Krejci's way for sure. Now they tried to get Tavares. And probably would have traded Krejci if they had signed him right. Right, but look at look what John Tavares is more than as much as he's a great player. He he might not get the C, but he's a captain type. Play. I mean, he was the captain in Long Island, and that guy, you know, he he sweats leadership, right? So, so Pete, let me ask you this: sixty-eight games of Cup Finals experience between Bergeron, Chara, Krejci, Marchand, Rask, St. Louis. Only David Perron has played in a Cup Final. Does that matter in uh, the series? Early in the series at all? I think possibly a little bit. I think a lot of that stuff gets overblown sometimes, but there is a significant, significant, uh, you know, I guess if you want to call it an advantage in, on Boston's side just because Perron is the only guy, and he, he had his experience last year, and he wasn't very good. He was scratched during the Stanley Cup final. So, uh, you know, if you buy into that stuff, sure, there's a, a, a massive advantage in, in the Bruins' Hell, favor. Hell, Petrangelo was calling David Baskis in the offseason and asking how, how to be a leader. So that, that's, I, not, that's not un. un- yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, that, I don't. That's not that often. That's a little that odd. That's not that rare. You think Sidney Crosby's it, calling up? I don't know what Sidney Crosby's saying. I, I know for a fact that you know Char is constantly talking to leaders 
on other teams, leaders of the past, uh, leaders in other fields to, to, to improve his, his leadership, and especially when he first took over as captain. We know he talked to, to Ray Bork and he talked to people like that to really get a feel for Plus, it. Plus, I mean, not, Petrangelo and Bacchus are good friends, so it's it's yeah, not like he's just true. calling a random right. guy being like, hey, yeah. how do I do this? You know, how's your family? Still, oh, I, screw the, the family. I want to talk about saying, being captain. I have problems. But going I'm, back I'm to, having the, issues. Going back to I... the experience, I mean, the experience is an edge for the Bruins just based on numbers, but I think when you get to this point, the way the Blues have, and you brought up that game where they came back from 2 nothing down in the yeah. third against Winnipeg, that ages you quickly. That that counts for a certain number of experience that maybe just a regular game wouldn't. I, I think they've learned how to play yeah. in the postseason by now. I, yeah, I think once the series starts, it's just it just goes back to yeah. it's, it's hockey. We might, and this is a team that has shown uh, throughout the season and throughout the playoffs that they're a resilient team. They can bounce back. They have the mental fortitude to overcome obstacles yeah. in their way. So I, I, I don't necessarily look at look at it as a, as a big thing. If the, if the Bruins go up 2-0 in this series... They're not the Blues are not going to roll over the way Carolina did. Right. I mean Carolina just stopped playing basically. Right. They, they played that right. one for that first period of game three where you said, "Gee, they're going to make this a series," and then it was they popped the balloon there and they were done. And the cups on the line, so teams are just not going no. away this time of year. And they have the passionate fans too. They, uh, did did not Dale ju- mention not that? just in Boston? They have passionate fans everywhere, and you know they're driven to break up the Boston trifecta. Do you think they want to be the team that's remembered but, as giving but, Boston the sports trifecta? But now we know the key for the Sharks. You know they never won the cup either, and now they just have to get more passionate fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to get special teams talk in. It's a little boring to talk about, but it is a, an important uh, factor in the series. I think you will both agree. We'll talk about that. We'll get you ready for Wiggy and Bradfoe, two of the great hockey minds. Bradford was just in Toronto. He got some kid on the street. He like, accosted him and forced him to say Martian the kid, sucks. The kid must have thought it was me. The kid wasn't even from Toronto, though. Right? Oh, he wasn't? He was like, no, he was oh. from, from uh, somewhere in the States. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was a good sound bite. Bradford, Wiggy coming up top of the hour, but for now, one more segment of Sunday Skate. Get in, 617-779-9397. It's Calvin and Blackburn. I'm Ken Laird here on Sports Radio WEI. Now back to a Stanley Cup Finals edition of Sunday Skate with Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, and Matt Calman on Sports Radio WEI. In the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door. Shot scores! Bobby O from Sanderson! And what could be better than that? As they beat St. Louis 4-3. Or to Sanderson back to All right, well, on the call for that in 1970 was Dan Kelly. His son, John Kelly, is the St. Louis Blues television broadcaster. Is that one of your keys? That's that's a factoid. I think that's an oddity coming into the series. And I'll give DuPont some credit. Neil Armstrong is a veteran NHL linesman who called games one and two of the 70 Cup Finals between the Blues and the Bruins. And his son, of course, is Doug Armstrong, the current Blues GM. So there are some parallels 49 years later here going on. Those are two of my keys for sure. 21 Canadians on this St. Louis team 21 including three guys from saskatchewan so that could be a factor in the series all of canada is behind st louis and i didn't even know the bruins have 18 americans on the team probably half of them aren't even playing and i didn't bother to look and see who's actually in the lineup and who's not so this is a battle of canada and the united states coming in so don't overlook those keys as dale had three keys i've got a couple keys all right his may be more important than mine the boston trifecta and cassidy playing himself he may be texting a member of the show that he's un- unhappy that he's been framed that way, but that's fine. All right, uh, I want to get you guys' predictions. But, the one with uh, the least, the one with the least power of cachet around. No, that was here. your idea. I just admit it. You wanted to skewer <laughs> Dale, and you said we're taking his ten keys, we're chopping them down to the three pick worst up, ones. Pick on the make low man on the totem pole. There, don't get me in trouble again. He's already been coming at me early this week. <laughs> Pete, special teams. 
Key yeah. or not a key in the series? Definitely a key. And it's been a key for the Bruins, and especially in, in rounds one and three. And I think that they hold a significant advantage here. The Blues power play has been streaky. They went 0 for 18 through the uh, second and third round. And, you know, they, they caught fire a little bit at the end of the Western Conference final. But, you know, if you can shut them down, the Bruins... Are, I think have a significant advantage there on both sides, power play and penalty kill. So it can certainly serve as a major key for them. Who's their key? I mean, Tarasenko seems to be uh, uh, their key gunman on the power play, but I guess there's a couple others in there as well. O'Reilly scored a power play goal that started that comeback in the uh, game against Winnipeg. Yeah, and, and Pareko plays five. on that first power play too, right? There's Pareko play up there, right? It's like, it's, like, it's like old school Char just blasting away from the point like the old days. Was it so. his shot that knocked the mask off of uh, the Dallas goaltender yeah. in that yeah. was it game yeah. six exactly. and they scored yeah, so. that goal? Yeah. That was an unbelievable <laughs> shot. Strap your, strap your mask down too. Right yeah. into the mask, which brings back memories of uh, 1970 when, uh, uh, who, who, what's his name? Uh, had the mask uh, erupt, the, the big shot and the deflection from Esposito, and um, oh, famous. I was born in 1975. First goal wearing a mask. I can tell you that. Jacques, that uh, no, 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 Jacques Plot. Yeah, I can tell you. They that. blew up his mask, and they, they, he, he left on a stretcher in the 1970 in one of those rounds. Well, I can tell you that the uh, they wouldn't have scored that goal against the Bruins because Tuca would have thrown his mask off when he was <laughs> right, 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 rolling right. around on the ground. Ben Bishop didn't do it, and that right. was uh, his <laughs> and undoing. And then he would have thrown a skate blade, and then he would have. Yeah. Uh, the Sharks series, 4-for-14 uh, finish for uh, St. Louis on the power play. But you're right, uh, Pete, they were 2-for-22 in that second round against Dallas. So their power play, streaky to be sure. They seem to be uh, uh, playing better. The Bruins have 17 power play goals in the playoffs, 34% success rate. Six of those from Bergeron. So it has been key. All right, give me your predictions. I know you got uh, Cam Neely being elected to the Hall of Fame before it ends. Yeah, the, the parade goes straight from uh, the duck boats, goes straight up the up the road to, uh, to all the way to Toronto to the Hall of Fame to induct uh, Neely and Sweeney and rub it in the Maple Leafs' faces, of course. And the uh, Bruins in six. That's what I've got as well. Yeah. Bo- boring, yeah. I guess. That's the kind of the consensus. That's Hate to be boring, favorite. but that's what I'll, I have as I mean, well. I'm I will say for Bruins in five so they can win it on home ice, <laughs> but I think Bruins in six. I was, I was leaning toward five, so I went six because it could just go one off of my usual, but... Scott McLaughlin, four. I give him credit for that one. That's a good one. That's If that comes true, he might start running this place. And Wiggy going to media day today. It's, it's going to be uh, captivating. Well, he's on the air until once. So, so is he going to meet he'll, he'll, Chara face-to-face? Is oh, he he's, not going? he's not going? He's not going? Oh, jeez. See, I think that's a good idea. If he could get over there, that's a good idea. He'll have content for tomorrow. And they everybody's available today, right? Like you can talk everyone. to anybody on the roster. Everyone on the roster. Uh, Marshan will have the biggest crowd around him. There's the biggest Boston star. Well, would Bacchus you say? and Marshan for sure. Yeah, and Bacchus. And who's the biggest star for uh, for St. Louis today? Petrangelo probably. And he's not that good of a quote though. Do they have anybody who's a good quote? Not really. Pretty boring. No. As boring as St. Louis. Pat Maroon maybe. Pat yeah. A, I heard they roll. Up, I, heard they, I heard they roll up the sidewalk. The sidewalks there at like 8 p.m. Right. So. You are uh, not going to go to Game 3, but perhaps Game 6 in St. Louis, which means you'll be back here a week from today where we have a Sunday skate. It's going to be the morning after Game 3. It's better for us that you're not going to go to Game 3. Oh, well, thank you. Well, that's important to me. I mean, I know, I, I, noticed, show I already later. noticed that you didn't want me to get a big head, so you put me third in the open now, but, you know. Yes. It's yeah. great to hear you'd like to have me here next Sunday. Well, yeah, I, I thought I that told, would be the next step. The next I, step is just removal from the Pete Open. Pete deserves a little love. He wasn't even in the Open for the entire season. He's been a key go. contributor to the program. You guys did a nice job Thursday, but I just want to keep you level-headed. Perhaps, oh, you're going to be on uh, tomorrow, Monday. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah. More Calman. One to three tomorrow, Calman. bringing you right up to the, you know. And Calman did his best today because the text yeah. line is just flooded with Calman hate. He wanted to read some. Like, we, we begged got, him not to. you got to ask a question to get second in the uh, second in the, in the intro. Yeah, very bizarre. You, you pulled a just no questions of Wyshynski. Just, I just don't have to ask anybody. 
anybody a question that wouldn't talk to me in, in the street as opposed to being on the air. So I have my standards. Oh, Wiggy's settling in early. Is this for the crossover or are you just getting nestled in, Wiggs? Uh, you want to be part of the show or you just want to just want to get set up? I was just settling in. Okay, let good, you guys good, do good, what good. you do. All right. Continue on. Wait. I was enjoying the uh, Dale's Keys to the victory. Dale's Three Keys? Yes. yes. Do you, those you agree three with those? Keys? Pas- I do like the fourth one, though. The, the, <laughs> the jockstrap jock, jock one. The one is key. Yeah, yes. that was that was. Don't you wish you came up with that one? <clears throat> All right. Dale's upset at you. Probably upset at me, too. To see if Dale fires back Tuesday. But before then, game one Monday night. I might have to see him today. We'll have three games to talk about next Sunday morning. Back, I think, 8 to 10. Sunday skate rolls on. Wiggy and Bradford next. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio, WEI. Can't nobody tell me.